0: Hi, I'm Pastor Nick Stavropoulos, and it is my privilege to share God's Word with you today. Sunday, June 21, 2020, is Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all of you men. The longer I live, the more I realize how important it is for children and youth to have their father, father active in their life. I've learned that and I hope you have as well. Here's what research has uh, told us, research done in the United States has told us this. The research says fatherless daughters are 53% more likely to marry as a teenager. Fatherless daughters are 111% more likely to become pregnant as a teenager fatherless sons are 300% more likely to go to prison isn't that terrible father fatherless children in general are twice as likely to drop out of high school that is what some of the research tells us men what you say and what you do, what we do as men, as fathers, can make a big difference in your children's lives and in the lives of other boys and girls. Our theme today is simply this. Thank you, fathers and all men. Thank you. First Thessalonians chapter 2, beginning at verse 9 through 12 is our scripture. It's a wonderful portion of scripture which inspires me to express appreciation to all dads and all men. And ladies, ladies, I believe the Lord has something to say to you as well through this message, so please don't turn the channel. Don't turn me off, okay? There's something in this message for everybody. I really believe this. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9 begins by saying, Don't you remember, dear brothers and sisters, how hard we worked among you? Night and day we toiled to earn a living so that we would not be a burden to any of you as we preached God's good news to you. You yourselves are our witnesses, and so is God, that we were devout and honest and faultless toward all of you believers. And you know that we treated each of you as a father treats his own children. We pleaded with you, encouraged you, and urged you to live your lives in a way that God would consider worthy, for he called you to share in his kingdom and glory. These verses give us a wonderful description of what it means to be a great dad. And in a moment, I'm going to show you how and why. There was a little boy who was asked to write about his dad and that little guy wrote this he said my dad can climb the highest mountain my dad can swim the biggest ocean he can fly the fastest plane he can fight the strongest tiger my dad can do anything but most of the time he just carries out the garbage well, we fathers do more than just carry out the garbage. Don't we, man? Amen. And that is part of the role, carrying out the garbage. But it's much more than that. From 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, I want to express the following words of appreciation. Here we go. Number one. Thank you, fathers and all men, for working hard. This is communicated, of course, in verse 9, where it says... Don't you remember, dear brothers and sisters, how hard we worked among you? Night and day we toiled to earn a living so that we would not be a burden to any of you as we preached God's good news to you. Paul the Apostle and his teammates Silas and Timothy worked hard to provide for their families and for themselves. Paul, as some of you know, was a tent maker, They also worked hard in preaching the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, traveling and uh, starting new churches all across the area. As I thought about what Paul here says, I reflected upon the fact that most of you men have also worked hard over the years to provide for your family and for yourself. Many of you men work hard. You work hard at your job. Some of you, of course, are retired, which is totally good. Many of you have worked very hard across the years, and many of you continue to work. And a lot of you also work hard in volunteering, volunteering your time and skills here at our church and in our community. And I truly want to say, as your pastor, thank you. Thank you so very much for your labor of love. Wives, Wives, are you listening? I want to encourage you to regularly express your appreciation to your husband for his hard work. Do you ever do that? Express your appreciation to your husband. And of course, husbands, express your appreciation to your wife for her hard work. Sons and daughters, kids, do you express your gratitude to your father for working hard to to provide for you, and your family across the years. It's too easy to take your father for granted. Take a moment today, tomorrow, and on a regular basis to express your appreciation to your dad, would you? Thank you, man, thank you. Here's a second truth I want to communicate, and it is this. Thank you, fathers and all men, for being devout, comma, holy. This comes from the first part of verse 10, which in the New Living Translation says, you yourselves are our witnesses, and so is God, that we were devout. That we were devout, D-E-V-O-U-T. The New International Version of the Bible translates the Greek word as holy, holy, devout, holy. I I want to express appreciation To many of you men who sincerely live devout, holy lives, you are totally devoted to God's service. And I believe that others of you today are also being inspired, and you will be inspired by the Holy Spirit to live devout, holy lives. Amen? Just for your interest, the Greek word, hosios, H-O-S-I-O-S in English. The Greek word hosios is translated devout, holy, and essentially it means being totally devoted to God's service. That's what it means, being totally devoted to God's service. Paul, Paul the Apostle is writing to the Christians in the city of Thessalonica, and he was saying to them, You are my witnesses, and so is God, that I, Paul, and Silas, and Timothy, are totally devoted to God's service. Maybe they needed to be reminded of that. And as I think of those words, devout and holy, I want to say, thank you, Lord, for the fathers and all men who are listening to this message today, who are indeed totally devoted to God's service. May he bless you. Men, men, this is so important. This matter of being devout and holy. It is so important because as you live your life devoted, holy at home, at church, wherever you are, you are making a wonderful spiritual impact upon your own children and upon other people's children. If you and I don't live a devout holy life at home, what you say will fall short. But if you do live it at home, your words are, par- are powerful. They are powerful. Your words are powerful because what you say is backed up by a holy life. Right? Your words are credible. Otherwise... Otherwise, it could be like like the scene in the Wizard of Oz when uh, Dorothy and her dog, do you remember the dog's name? Toto, yes, thank you. All right. It could be like the Wizard of Oz Oz scene when, when Dorothy and her dog Toto and their three friends make their way to the great palace of Oz and they are enamored. They are enamored by the huge mask on the wall. The great Oz speaking with, with smoke coming from his face. And the great Oz says something like, I, I am the great and powerful one. <laughs> and, then, and then the dog Toto runs to a curtain, uh, pulls back the curtain to reveal this, this feeble man, pulling levers, pulling levers to make it all happen. And the man is behind the curtain Well, if we don't live what we say, our kids and our grandkids will see the mask. But eventually they will see the man behind the curtain. And that will make a huge impact. Men, we have to be. We have to be the spiritual leaders in our homes, whether we like it or not. We must be. You and I are either leading our family closer to God, closer to Jesus, or further away from God, further away from Jesus. So which is it for you, for me? What are your children and mine seeing? That's what we have to ask ourselves. What are our kids seeing? What are our grandchildren seeing? When when our kids see that, that God, that Jesus is of supreme importance to us men. Our kids will be more inclined to want to be devout, holy children, young people, and eventually young adults. Amen? Amen. I want to take you to a third truth. Thank you, fathers and all men, for being honest, righteous for being honest, comma, righteous. Uh, verse 10 goes on to say, you yourselves are our witnesses, and so is God, that we were devout and honest. That we were devout and honest. That's the New Living Translation. The uh, New International Version uses the word righteous. Righteous. The Greek word, which is translated honest, or uh, righteous, is dikaios. It's dikaios. A Greek scholar by the name of Dr. Frame says, a person is dikaios, uh, D-I-K-A-I-O-S, by the way. Uh, a, a person is dikaios who comes up to a, a specific standard of righteousness. A specific standard. Now don't turn me off. I can maybe simplify that by saying a person is dikaios who comes up to a specific standard of right living. That's what this word is talking about. Coming up to a specific standard of right living. In many ways the word honest is a very good translation for the original Greek word dikaios. You and I value honesty a whole lot, don't we? Yes, we do. My wife's car is what, um, I guess it's 10 years old now, and my car is 12 years old, which which means uh, that every now and then, our cars need repairs. For many years now, I have been taking our cars to uh, Shepherd Automotive, Shepherd Automotive, located near Old Kingston Road and Ellesmere. It's called Shepherd Automotive because originally it was on Shepherd Avenue until a few years ago. The main reason I, I take our cars to Shepherd Automotive is because the owner and manager is honest. They are honest. That's what it boils down to. I'm not saying, by the way, I'm not saying other mechanic shops are dishonest, not one bit. What I do know is Shepherd Automotive is honest, and of course they do a great job at a fair and reasonable price. In other words, they they won't tell me that I need an $800 job unless it's really necessary. For example, several months ago, when I had my car in for an oil change, oil and filter change, they said, Pastor Nick, your brakes, your brake pads are getting low, but we think you can probably safely go another five to 10,000 kilometers before you need new brakes. And then sometime later, the last time when I had my car in for an oil and filter change, um, oh, I was ro- ro- having the tires rotated as well. I, uh, I said, please, please check uh, check the brakes when you are rotating the tires to see if the brake pads need to be replaced so they checked the pr- the brakes phoned me up and said uh, i'm sorry to tell you pastor nick the brake pads are almost worn out you need new brake pads i certainly didn't want to spend more money but i knew that shepherd automotive is honest and so i said please go ahead Go ahead and do the brake job as well. Pretty straightforward, right? Honesty goes a long way. Um, I did not know whether to tell you this story, but maybe some of you would be interested out of human interest, maybe. Uh, most of you probably know what chicken soufflaki is. You know what chicken souvlaki is? Essentially, it is small pieces of chicken on a stick which you can barbecue or broil in your oven. Well, there, there's a nice meat store near Ellesmere. By the way, it's a Greek meat store near Ellesmere and Warden in Toronto, which makes great chicken souvlaki, which my wife, Cindy, really likes. Occasionally, if I'm driving by there, I'll, I'll pop in and buy eight sticks of souvlaki to cook up for supper, either that night or the day after. Well, a few days before COVID-19 became serious, I walked into the meat store and said to the server behind the meat counter, I said, my friend, can you please, can you please give me seven chicken soufflaki, but charge me for eight? He said, well, he said, th- that's weird. Why should I give you seven, but charge you for eight?" Eight? Well, I really didn't want to get into the story, but, but he asked, so I briefly explained and said to him, well, I said, the last time I bought chicken souvlaki from you, you accidentally put one more piece in the package, and I didn't know it, I didn't know it until I got home and opened up the package to cook for supper, and I said, I know, I know it's only a $2 item, but today I just want to do what's right and pay for the extra souvlaki from my previous visit. Well, he, he looked at me, smiled, handed me my wrapped up package of suflaki and, and said, thanks. All right. He said, I, I've given you eight suflaki and charged you for eight, but I included a ninth. A ninth one, no charge in appreciation for what you told me. So obviously I wasn't looking for that, but it was just a little reminder that, you know, sometimes honesty pays. <laughs> honesty pays. All right. Um, most of the Christian men, my friends, most of the Christian men I know are very honest people. You are honest with your family, your friends, your employer, our church, and your honesty is a great example to your children and other people's children, and truly we want to express appreciation. I want to, as your pastor, I want to recognize that. I don't take it for granted, one bit. If you are listening to this message, and you perhaps are not always honest, the Holy Spirit is and will convict you, and the Holy Spirit will inspire you to become honest in the the future by transforming your heart as you let the Lord do that. Amen? Let me take you to a fourth beautiful truth. It is this. Fourthly, thank you, fathers and all men, for being, uh uh-oh, listen now, are you ready for this? Uh Uh-oh, women, are you ready for this? Thank you, fathers and all men, for being faultless, blameless. All right. Some of you are thinking, oh no. Verse 10, verse 10 goes on to say this, it says, you yourselves are our witnesses. And so is God that we were, listen now, we were devout and honest and faultless, faultless toward all of you believers. That's the New Living Translation. The New International Version uses the word blameless. Okay? Faultless, blameless. Now, I know some of you wives are thinking, Who's that? My husband? Faultless? Blameless? You must be kidding. Who is that? (laughs) Stick with me, all right? Stick with me. The Greek word which is translated faultless or blameless is amemptos. By the way, I have a wonderful Greek pastor friend who's a part of our Rosewood congregation who's. who really knows his Greek really well. So, brother, if I'm off anywhere, even though I studied this word carefully, you phone me up and tell me, okay? But anyway, the Greek word for faultless or blameless is amemptos, which is used here. Dr. Arnold Earhart, in the Beacon Bible Commentary, says, amemptos means, in the light of a given norm, a person is without reproach. Okay, In the light of a given norm, a person is without reproach. That's a pretty high standard, isn't it? It's like, wow. I looked up amemptos, A-M-E-M-P-T-O-S. I looked it up in the Greek lexicon, and that Greek lexicon says, amemptos means, (laughs) here it is, it means blameless, free from fault, or defect. By the way, A Greek lexicon is essentially a Greek dictionary which usually also gives some of the history of the word as well. It is probable that since the Greek word translated faultless or blameless really does mean that, some of you are thinking, Pastor Nick, I don't think any man or woman is faultless or blameless. What are you talking about? What's the scripture talking about? Some of you you are also surprised that the Apostle Paul would even refer to himself as faultless, blameless, because that's what he's saying. Others of you are thinking, uh, our Heavenly Father is the only one who is totally faultless, blameless, perfect, right? How did I know you're thinking that? (laughs) So, so, What are these words, faultless, blameless, really getting at? In practical terms, what are they really getting at? Here's what I believe they're getting at. They are getting at the issue of saying things and doing things with the right motives. You have Pure motives. That's the essence. All right? You're saying things and doing things with the right motives, pure motives out of a heart of love. Yes. When you say or do something with the right motives, with pure motives, it could be said that you are what? Faultless blameless the result of what you say and or do may not always look that way but the lord knows your motives m-o-t-i-v-e-s got it got it having pastored rosewood church of the nazarene for many years I know I look so young. I know, thank you, thank you, thank you. I know I look young. Thank you, thank you for those smiles. And all those amens. All right. Having pastored Rosewood Church for many years, I give God thanks, sincerely, for the many men in our congregation who regularly show, who truly show, right and pure motives. In the 1990s, there was a television show in Britain called Men Behaving Badly, Men Behaving Badly. You don't have to go very far to find find examples of men behaving badly, all right? The TV show, Men Behaving Badly, was presented as a comedy, but really it was no laughing matter, not one bit. It became a joke for British television, But it is no joke. There is only one, there's only one solution to men acting badly. It is Christian men acting godly. You got that? All right, there's one solution to men acting badly. It is Christian men acting godly. That's the solution behaving godly let us let us raise up gentlemen let us raise up a generation of men behaving godly let it so let it be so how wonderful it is that we can be godly men and that includes being devout honest faultless as verse 10 says in the New Living Translation, or as the New International Version says in verse 10, holy, righteous, and blameless. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? It's beautiful. Here's the fifth truth, fifth word of thanks. Thank you, fathers and all men, for showing love and protection towards your children. And other boys and girls. This truth comes from verse 11, which says, And you know that we treated each of you as a father treats his own children. Question How does a father treat his children? Well, the answer is with love and protection. Oh, I I see so many of the young fathers in our church, different times, Sunday by Sunday, when our congregation has been able to meet before COVID. And and it's just wonderful to see how these dads show so much love and protection towards their children. The the commentator in the uh, Life Application Study Bible says this. He says, No loving father would neglect the safety of his children, allowing them to walk into circumstances that might be harmful or fatal. I know that some of you listening to this message today, unfortunately, grew up with little or no love being shown to you from your earthly father. I just have to be real and be honest with you, right? And some of you grew up hardly hardly ever seen your father for whatever reasons and others of you perhaps had your father in your life but he rarely showed love towards you. Some of you, I'm so sorry, some of you unfortunately were abused by your your father. Some of you felt abandoned by your dad. A few months ago I talked about a singer named Kelly Clarkson who is also a judge on the singing TV program called The Voice. Kelly Clarkson wrote a song about the pain she felt when her father abandoned her as a little six-year-old girl. In the first verse, in the first verse of her song, Piece by Piece, Kelly says, And all I remember is your back walking toward the airport, leaving us all in your past. I traveled 1,500 miles to see you. I begged you to want me, but you didn't want to. For years, Kelly Clarkson tried to gain her father's love and care. But unfortunately, her efforts were in vain. For those of you for those of you who never had the earthly father you wish you had I want to say the following to you. Can you chew on what I'm about to share with you? If anyone is making notes here's what I want to say. A. May God help To heal your hurting heart, whether you are a grown up man or a woman, a teenager or a child. May God help to heal your hurting heart. B, or secondly, forgive your earthly father for his shortcomings and failures, holding on to bitterness will not help you in the long run. And when I say forgive, I understand that for some of you that is very difficult. I don't take it lightly. All right? But may the Lord help you to forgive. C. The third suggestion that can help you, it is this. Make a decision if you have a child of your own, to become the loving, caring parent you wish your father had been. In other words, turn your pain into gain. Learn from it. Learn from it big time. And then D, fourth suggestion that can help you. Mothers, mothers, women, even if your relationship with your child's father comes to an end, always encourage your child's father to keep in touch and to invest time and love in his son or daughter. Don't cut off your child from his father. Don't cut off your children from their dad. Please don't do that. Don't make it difficult for him to see them. Rather encourage that relationship. It's going to be better for you as a, as a mother, better for the children, better for the father as well, but especially best for the kids. Ladies, please, please, help your children to have as much contact with their dad as possible, assuming, assuming there are no safety concerns, of course. In these last few comments, I have acknowledged that unfortunately some of you did not grow up with a loving father. However, however, I have known a lot of fathers here at Rosewood Church of the Nazarene in Toronto, Canada. Sometimes I might mention the country because we got viewers outside of Canada. I have known a lot of fathers here at Rosewood Church over the years, and most of you men have been and are wonderful, loving dads. Even, uh, even this week, I was talking with a dad who lives on the East Coast, but his dear daughter is having surgery, has had surgery this week here in Toronto, and, and I, I felt his love for his daughter from many miles away, and they couldn't be here, and even if they were here, um, they wouldn't be allowed in the hospital given the COVID situation. I think, I think of many of you men in our church who have little children. Think of the many men in our church who have little children and, and how loving and caring and protective and playful you are with them. It's, it's wonderful. I get so much joy seeing, seeing the fathers in our church interacting with their little kids and big kids, the, with the teens as well. I think of my son Jeremy and how he lavishes his love uh, his love upon his three-year-old daughter Everly and and, and his ten month-old son Paxton. And I just enjoy seeing his interaction with them and how, how that little daughter of his will daughter of his will sometimes just climb over him and, and jump on him and just, just have so much fun with him. And others, others of you men, others of you men may not be biological fathers. But you are a sincere blessing to someone else's kids, and I just want to say thank you, and I commend you. Thank you and congratulations. Are any of you perfect fathers? Probably not, and neither am I. Neither am I. First Thessalonians 2:11 says, And you know that we treated each of you as a father treats his own children. Then verse 12 goes on to say, We pleaded with you, encouraged you, and urged you to live your lives in a way that God would consider worthy. Verse 12 leads us to truth number six. Number six, and it is this. Thank you, fathers and all men, for encouraging your children and helping them to grow spiritually. Verse 12 says, We pleaded with you, encouraged you. Dads, your encouragement to your children is so very important. The Gallup organization did a survey of 1,000 teenagers conducted over a 24-hour period of time. And and the survey revealed some striking information. The survey said, listen to this, the survey said 42% of those teenagers had not received any praise from their father during the 24 hours period of time when they were tested. One half got no hugs or kisses, and 44% never heard the words, I love you, I love you, I love you. Now, some of you men, some of you men are really good at encouraging your children and other people's kids, And others of us need to pick up the pace, right? Others of us need to pick up the pace and make conscious efforts to encourage our kids and and other people's sons and daughters, right? Let's do that. Let's get into the habit of encouraging, encouraging our children, our youth, in fact, everyone. The Bible says encourage one another. Now the second part of verse 12 says this. It says, and urged you to live your lives in a way that God would consider worthy. Paul the Apostle was saying to them that he urged them, he urged them to live their lives in a way that God would consider worthy. Well, many of you men are regularly urging and helping your children to discover Jesus as their personal Savior. You are helping your kids to grow spiritually, right? Right? You're helping them to grow spiritually by reading Bible stories to them, praying with them, bringing them to Sunday school, church services, caravan club, preteens, youth group, uh, other, other events that we have for children and youth. Thank you. Thank you for investing in your kids for helping them to grow spiritually. Thank you for understanding that it is a father's duty and a mother's duty to try to have a spiritual impact upon our children. It isn't just the church's duty. It isn't just the pastor's or the Sunday school teachers or the caravan club leader's responsibility. It's a team effort. And I thank you, fathers, for doing your part. Here is the sad confession of, of one father. He wrote this, he said, I took my children to school, but not to church. I taught them to drink, but not of the living water. I enrolled them in Little League, but not Sunday school. I showed them how to fish, but not to be a fisher of men. I made the Lord's Day a holiday, Instead of a a holy day. That is the sad confession of a particular father. My prayer is that none of us would ever have to make a confession like that, Father. May it be so. May you and I invest. Sincerely and wholeheartedly in our children. In helping them to come to faith and trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior and as their Lord. Amen? I have this closing thought for you from my phone. Let me just have a chance to turn to it here. Here we are. Some of you know where this comes from. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. May His, that's God's, may His favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. May His, that's God, may His presence go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you He is with you. He is with you. In the morning, in the evening, in your coming and your going, in your weeping and rejoicing, he is for you. He is for you. And I believe that because he is for you, for me, for us, he wants to help us. He wants to help us to be the very best fathers we can be, the very best grandfathers we can be. And even if we don't have children, he wants to help us to be the very best men we can be for God's honor, for God's favor, and for God's purposes. Let it happen, Lord. Let it happen. Amen.